I'm Stephen Downey and this is episode 6 of the Mindful Living Guide. In this week's episode I chat to Harriet McGuigan about many things to do with mindfulness uh, from acceptance to curiosity to just self-compassion and one real great thing that I love about our chat is when we talk about what mindfulness means to us, about how mindfulness can mean very different things to many people but it's important about what works for us. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the Mindful Living Guide. So you're very welcome to the Mindful Living Guide with Stephen Downey. Um, we are very lucky to have a guest on this week, uh, Harriet McGuigan. Harriet has always been interested in helping people to help themselves. She has a business degree, postgraduate, postgraduate degree in Montessori education, graduate diploma in Gestalt physio, uh, psychotherapy. Uh, Harriet has worked for over 10 years empowering people to come into the fullness of themselves. She believes the more we love and accept ourselves exactly as we are, the more we begin to thrive in business as moms, humans in the world. When you work with Harriet, you get to feel into the bone marrow of yourself from the stance you make uh, make sound decisions for the business that grow and nourish your whole life. Harriet, you're so welcome to the Mindful Living Guide. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be chatting with you this afternoon. It's great. To, I, I really like that you reach out. We basically only got talking there recently um, just about mindfulness and something that you said to me so really resonated straight away about you said that we are not always everyone's cup of tea, but we are lots of people's cups, cups of tea. And there's many times when people are talking about mindfulness and there's a lot of barriers that they put up in, in front uh, of themselves with, with mindfulness. And you, you mentioned about trying to help people to overcome the, and just integrate mindfulness into their everyday life. Uh, can you tell me what that looks like for you? Yeah, absolutely. And just even as you were talking, it's like, even like, it's about being creative about Stephen's version of mindfulness or Harriet's version of mindfulness or all the people that are going to be listening to this. Stephen, like you had up about the jigsaw puzzle and that's such a mindful practice because, yeah. you know, it's, you're concentrating on it's it can be tedious but also like sewing or gardening can get us out of our anxiety and our thoughts so um i think like what we chatted about when we met when we chatted on friday that often people put a judgment because i would have done it that oh my god I, I i couldn't possibly get interested in mindfulness i'm too hyperactive or have all these ideas because i just want to tell you a little story when i I, had, I didn't know anything about mindfulness, to be honest. Mindfulness found me, Stephen. I didn't in any way consciously get into mindfulness. Like, couldn't have been further from what I was going to, how I was going to live my life. But over in, so basically I did the Hoffman process, which is an eight-day kind of um, retreat program. That was my first introduction to anything to do with spirituality or that I could possibly be someone beyond my anxiety and the chronic people pleaser that I didn't even have words for at the time, but you know, I, I just knew I wasn't happy. So did Hoffman went over to Sydney, thought Hoffman would sort everything out and fell down like a bang when I was in Sydney, you know, thought I'll travel that will sort everything out. Um, basically pushed to do um, Gestalt psychotherapy over in Sydney, because I suppose there's a real part that we all have. And I want to 
share this. We all have an inner wise self. We all have a feisty part, you know, that often can be said teachers can call it stubborn or um, defiant or, you know, all these labels that are put onto that part. But I look at that as actually our the black box of ourselves. So like, you know, if an airplane crashes and they find the black box. Yeah. Um, so so basically, I, again, had no clue about mindfulness. I just wanted to do Gestalt psychotherapy because from the Hoffman process, I realized that it was very like Gestalt is very it's all about here and now. It's a, it's a complete basically the Rolls Royce, in my opinion, of mindfulness, because mm. it's all about the here and now and how we bring unconsciously everything. And I just really conscious that I'm talking, talking. So if you want it. No, no, no. I'm listening to it. I love this, the story and about how. Because I'm always intrigued about how people get into mindfulness because I, I talked about my own story in, on my first episode and about I literally fell into mindfulness as well. I was looking for uh, stress relief and uh, yes. stress management and I ended up doing an eight week uh, MBSR uh, program yes. with mindfulness and that was my first introduction. It wasn't that I went looking for mindfulness. Yes. It was it was what really I needed at the time. And so it's amazing that, that you, you took that trip to, to Sydney and you you you, you did the eight week course and then did you study in mindfulness and after that or no well basically i suppose what i realized after training as a gestalt psychotherapist took me eight years as i was telling you to fully finish because it's very much based on our own story and very experiential and we have to you know while we have all the intellectual knowledge to do a lot of knowing what's going on inside ourselves and um, gestalt is kind of was the start of like they really followed all the Eastern philosophies. So like your MBSR course, yeah. the Gestalt is completely based on that. So again, I didn't know that. I just knew I wanted to do something that was cathartic, that Gestalt honors, that every even Gestalt therapist works in the unique way. I loved that because that's something that I suppose from my story, I really struggled with having to be in a box and you have to be girls are this way or boys are that way or because your surname is this way, the Downies do this, the, my maiden name is Hedigan. And all of that would have been a real um, challenge for me growing up in that I was always trying to not be me, to be liked. And um, so basically that's what drew me to Gestalt because Gestalt is totally about supporting the therapist to work, bringing all their life experience in. So I would use a lot of psychodrama. I'm from a theatrical background. Yeah. There's no limits once you're helping people to basically fall it I know it sounds but like like themselves again you know get yeah. back to that and it, um, it's, a, it's such a nice term though to like yourself again because there's so many people like that that they go down these rabbit holes of thoughts that they, they lose track of themselves and who they are and they try to fit into other people's image of what they what they should look like and it's like what was resonating for me what what you were saying actually and it's, it's a guest that's that we were talking to um, last week um, was about the generations of um, perceptions that we have to break and sometimes we have to break those cycles because we feel like we're, we're in a certain box and it's only by discovering yourself and re and falling in love with yourself again that we can break those patterns. A hundred percent and um, it's like anything it's tedious but it's it gets easier every time you know it's like yeah. i think the thing with mindfulness people people i know when i started off like it was very much encouraged in our program to meditate yeah. and i again was resisting that part of the training and there was two monks actually on my training with full orange robes they were actually um doing the training and they, they didn't have to pay for the training because 
I think they were giving back by teaching yoga and mindfulness. Wow, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I I just thought, how could how would I ever be able to stop, do you know, because I'm a real racehorse kind of a, you know, yeah. some people are very earthy. I, I just, I'm a billion miles a minute. So I, I was terrified. And, and I think a lot of people listening relate to this, you know, it frightens and the kind of living Jesus out of again. That um, a lot of people I talk to when we talk about mindfulness, that they always say, oh, I could never do that because my mind races too much. And what I do, I counter that by saying that you're so lucky because within mindfulness, we're constantly trying to bring our thoughts back from our thought pattern and back to say back to our breathing or back to our sound or whatever support we're using at the time. And if you have a race in mind or a monkey mind, as we call it in mindfulness, that you've got a lot more training. And for your, you to bring it back into your breath every single time, you're learning a lot more. So the person that's sitting, like we described it, the monk that might be sitting there, that their thoughts might be um, so still that they don't get a lot of practice in bringing their thoughts back. Whereas somebody starting out, it's actually a great advantage that you have that practice to keep bringing your thought pattern back and keep learning. Because uh, I always call it my mindful muscle, this muscle of learning that, oh, I'm going off on a thought, thought pattern I don't want to go on. It's it's what, what bring curiosity to it, bring and bring it back to yourself. And um, I think for for anyone starting out, that that monkey mind, it can bring advantages as well. It's so lovely the way you're describing it. Absolutely, and I often say when I'm guide because I do a lot of guided meditation for people. Like I've worked in a boys' school for four years, and like I've had 16, 16 year old boys, seventy of them together, practicing yeah. body scans. Wow. You know, so if if they can do it, you know, anyone can do it. And I've, like they're they're blown away with what they've gotten from being supported. So I suppose my like we we could talk for hours about this and I'm really conscious of our time together. But oh, it's yeah. like mindfulness is about being creative about what works for us. So sometimes it is about like listening to someone's voice can work. You know, so it's yeah. like what you're saying, the monkey mind. I often even get people to, to think of if you had this really cute Labrador puppy and you were trying to toilet train him, yeah. you would like your mind, if you're kind, like just the, the Labrador puppy is going to go all over the place. It's going to forget that it's supposed to wee on this mat. And our mind is the same. I remember once being at a silent retreat and one of the monks saying, an untamed mind is like a gold, a dead goldfish being swished around the washing machine. So it looks alive, but it's just been swished around by the water. So when we don't tame our mind, that's where we go. You know, we know, like, we know that's why people have so much anxiety, insomnia, yeah. struggling with getting into their intuition. So basically, it is a moment by moment practice, like what you said, Stephen, that we, we've an advantage if we've really busy minds. It's just yeah. literally teaching people their only business right now is to keep coming back to the breath. Absolutely. Keep coming back to the breath. And, you know, um, as time goes on, of course, then we get the feeling of relaxation, but we not, might necessarily get that straight away. So yep. it is about consistency and kind of building it up. And it's kind of like when all, like I think really, I know for me, I really got into it. I mean, it was there all the time offered to me, but I really just kind of watched everyone else doing it because I just was too terrified of actually slowing down. But when I became a mother, that to me, frightened me so much in that I was just so aware of how much anxiety I had it, it, it's like okay they 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 were my reason that I'm so well yeah and also they were the trigger for me to really I mean I've been years searching and 
and every so you're so lucky that you're so young on this journey but like I suppose maybe we come in as with old souls or I didn't feel young I felt 120 in terms of like how exhausted I was for how, how I spoke to myself and the chronic people pleasing but when they arrived unfortunately or fortunately or you know without judgment and that's what mindfulness is about all this buried anger that I didn't kind of have access to besides maybe turning it back on myself came bubbling to the surface and like out of nowhere I get into these really difficult tantrums as much as my daughter was in a tantrum yeah and because I had that wisdom and love for her I just was like okay I need I need someone to help me yeah parent yeah. and I'm proud of myself now looking back at that that's 13 my daughter's 13 now she'll be coming home from secondary school soon yeah. but I suppose I learned that it's we all have feelings that are buried so like we're all as lovable as each other I I would have before been very judgmental about the angry part of Harriet but the anger is just a cover-up for all the buried sensitivity and you know so that's the journey I've been on really it's such an important thing to do what you you've done is to Sorry, my there. Um, it's such an important thing to do what you've done to bring empathy into your situation because so many people they beat themselves up uh, mentally about I should be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. Where it's so important to bring empathy to the situation. So, well, listen, maybe I'm feeling that because of reason A or reason B, and by looking, exploring new avenues like mindfulness has worked for you. Um, it's so important in that journey. Um, if we take it back to then the, the work that you're you're doing now with um, with Harriet McGuigan mindset, um, mindfulness obviously is a, is a massive part of that as well, is it? Yes, absolutely, all of it is. And I, I as I'm evolving in terms of mindfulness, it's like Harriet's version of mindfulness because that's like Steve, you have your version of yeah. mindfulness, and everyone listening, it's to become open to the possibilities of how you can live mindfully, like gardening getting back to your gardening baking how in a way COVID has locked us all down and sometimes you know being grateful for the benefit of how it's locked us all down of just being at home more not racing we just can't race to things because they're not on and um with my clients I suppose part of the work I do with them is actually bringing into their consciousness about how they're not allowing themselves to charge the fee that they're worth, that they deserve, yeah. that they can keep serving them. Because you see, often when we're very empathic and kind, we just want so much for people to have that self-love, like we yeah. give anything. And to keep us going in the field, Stephen, we have to charge a fee that mm-hmm. um, recognizes all our supports we have for ourselves you know and um i i feel so passionate about that because then people don't have to get burnt out there's a very high rate of burnout with empath- with empaths working yeah. in the fields that that we work in Stephen, because we yeah. our hearts to do, like literally before i came on with you we had blue bottles in our kitchen and my husband has one of those sticky you know the sticky thing that catches oh, yeah, flies yeah. and i could see one of the flies struggling and genuinely, I, I had to take the fly off and let it out the window because I just now like it wasn't going to be in the kitchen. I appreciate that we don't want blue bottles in our kitchen. But I suppose that's the level of love and compassion that empaths can hold. So can you imagine if you if you're if I'm feeling that stressed about a fly struggling, 
when I'm then hearing about people struggling in their mental health and in the, in their wellness, if I don't charge a fee that's honoring the wisdom I have, if I don't have the fee that I charge has to obviously fit in also with time off that I need, you know, so that I don't burn out because Hank O'Mahony um, would have been the trainers of Gestalt therapy in Ireland. Like he brought it, he, I think he actually trained with Fritz Perls. So I was very privileged that Hank, like he's since passed away, Lord rest him. But I remember him saying that when we're kind, whether we're psychotherapists or mindful coaches or teachers, we have to mind our hearts. Yeah. Like our hearts do get impacted by the work because we're so good at it. Our hearts get impacted. So we need time off. We need like, and that's, that's not a selfish thing. That's so you can keep serving. I couldn't agree more. And as you're speaking and people on the podcast won't see this, but you've got the most beautiful pair of heart shaped earrings on at the moment. So I can just see it. All that heart, all that love just oozing, oozing from you at the moment. The um, if I there's a, there's a question, uh, Harry, that I ask uh, all the guests on the on the podcast um, because the term mindful living is something that's kind of it's, it's something thrown around the last while. But what does mindful living look like to you? Okay. I love that question. Mindful living is literally being aware of how strong my inner critic can be and is, but I live alongside my critic now. So I, for me, I don't feel I'll ever fully get like rid my inner critic or become evolved. I will be evolving as long as I'm here in the earthly form as a human. And mindfulness to me is going, okay, that's not the truth, Harriet. That's mindfulness. Like, so if that voice comes in going, oh my God, you're not good enough right now talking to Stephen, or you should have done this or la la la. I'll, I'll go, okay, I'm just going to take a breath. So in that moment, I'll just take a breath. It passes rather than feeding that voice. So that's one part of mindfulness. Mindfulness yesterday was I had to, I was talking about this last night and actually my um, server went down unbeknownst to me and I noticed how much I moved on in terms of the critic because before I'd be mortified about that, Stephen. I'd be like, oh my God, you've left so many people down. You're, you're going to lose, like you're going to lose all your, um, people that listen to you you look so incompetent rather than I, I the voice is going I can't control if the internet drops sometimes yeah you I mean there's some practical things I need to do and sometimes of course I know that sometimes I can be a little bit like my husband goes Harriet you know he can be my person to keep me really there's some things you need to practically do but and um, yesterday I was washing Zola my dog my colleague this is a mindful just in relation to your question and Zola's very sensitive like she's so full of love but she's very high racehorsey kind of a collie compared yep. to Cupid. Cupid's very earthy. With two, they're two the sisters. But yeah, they were they were the names before we got them with those names. But Cupid is just very grounded and nothing's a bit, you know, like our children or like people we meet, you know, some we're, we're it's our nature and our nurture. So Zola needs things to be explained to her. So she didn't want to have the shower, but she had to in the bath because basically the vet needed asked me to put this wash in her because she had this itch. But I noticed if, if, if we go into mindfulness, because I had that consciousness, I said, Zola, you have to have this bath because basically you've got this itch that's hurting you. And I said all that to her and it's like it calmed her. She still had to have the bath. So rather than just let go, oh, she's going to be so stressed. So it's like I could see her, feel her heart was beating a bit like differently than when she's just sitting on her mat. And But it was like, that's what mindfulness is. It's having to do the stuff like adulting, like parenting, like having to call, make decisions about things, but mindfully. Or if someone's 
rude to us in the bank. Like I, I'm someone that if I don't catch that, I can really go into child mode. If someone snaps at me because I have a mind for and go, Harry, do you don't know what day? Like I can be respect them and they're horrible and I'm I'm a victim and whatever. And it's not okay how people treat us, but also it really helps me when I can go because of all the work I do. Go, I've no idea how stressed they are at the moment. You know, kind of going into their shoes. And I see that a lot at the moment with social media, the rage against the government, the rage against COVID, the rage. I mean, it's the rage like today about um, Halloween that you're not allowed to trick or treat and the viciousness. Yes, I'm not judging that, but I know that place. What I'm saying is I know about that. It's it's about when we're really powerless. We, We just literally go crazy in terms of rage. Yeah. So mindfulness brings, we empower ourselves with mindfulness. Wow, that's that's beautiful. It's like, and it's so true that like it's when we when we empower ourselves like that to true mindfulness that we we give ourselves um an extra bit of space. Like one one thing I I I I heard kind of come through all that is that like there's it's 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 about letting go of the ego as well. Is that sometimes we try to put up a front and we have to just step back from it sometimes and just say, hey, just say la vie. This is the way it is, you know. Yeah. I was going to ask actually um, one last question about if you can give a personal mindful tip, uh, what it could be. I think you've kind of you've covered a, a fair bit in there in that. But if there was one one kind of tip you could give someone just if they wanted to be more mindful in their life. Uh, OK, it's such a good question. Yeah. One really practical thing is just to be really mindful of what you allow into your news, into your feed. So we all live through social media now. It's amazing. Like people often say to me, oh, I'm going to come off Facebook. It's so negative. And I'm, I'm just like, no, you can't blame Facebook. It's like I wouldn't have found you, Stephen, yeah. if I had come off Facebook. It's how we choose to use our social media. Yes. Like, you know, saying I'm, I put on five stone. It's really McDonald's fault or, you know, it's, it's and I'm not saying this judging anyone, but just to think about what is what is on your news feed has a huge impact on your nervous system. And unbeknownst to us, sometimes people that we think are good for us, and I'm not saying we fall out with people, but we can unfollow people. We can snooze people for 30 days. We, like, we're not going to hurt anyone. We don't have to tell them, I really disagree with your political beliefs, Stephen. We don't have to get into any argument, but just to be mindful of what is coming up in our feed, because actually everyone has mental, mental health challenges. You know, it's it's not just people that we think in the extreme case are in psychiatric care. All of us are vulnerable to getting to that place if we don't kind of become conscious of what we're feeding ourselves. And I, I think it's so true at the moment with because um, the stress levels of everybody are very, very high at the moment. And one thing I, I try to and I, I'm sorry, I should say thank you so much for that beautiful, beautiful tip. And really, really good about just maintain, looking at what what is feeding you and. I think like it's for me, I think gratitude is one way to um, to change that as well, that if if we are grateful for everything that's coming in each day and we practice gratitude at the start of the day, at the end of the day, um, it's like one of our previous guests, uh, Karina Duffy, has said is that like mm. we never know what's going to happen. But if we bookend it in a lovely way like that, whatever that feed is that's coming into us, that we can filter it and we don't get we don't pull that energy into us, if that makes sense, that we're mm. not taking on that negative energy. But I love that tip of like, if people are, if you're seeing all that negative energy, just unfriend them, just snooze them for 30 minutes, you know, or 30 days that um, yes. we don't need to take on all that, all that negative energy. Um, I'd love to chat to you for 
longer and longer and I'm sure we'll probably have more conversations again after today um but I've really enjoyed the time coming on the show and talking about your experience in mindfulness um Harriet if anybody wants to get in contact with you uh in about the Harriet McGuigan mindset or any programs that you run how do they get in contact with you the best way Stephen is um liking my page so that's Harriet McGuigan mindset on Facebook and Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn as well Harriet McGuigan mindset and um, they can send me a private message there or they can email me at mindfulpeeps at gmail.com. And I'd be so happy to chat to anyone and it would be absolutely complimentary to see where they are in their lives and like what they're looking for. And we'll kind of walk and walk with them of I, how they can kind of get, get. It's like what you said, you know, there are beautiful moments in the midst of challenge. And people say that all the time, you know, people that, have to live a chronic illness or something that they never thought that they would actually be faced with. They, they realized that when they turned towards mindfulness and got that support, that they noticed there were some beautiful moments in the mist when they calmed their nervous system. Because it's, it's, I actually live with a chronic illness, but it's my mind that hurts me more than actually physical pain yeah. a lot of the time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll make sure that all those links are all on the show notes on uh, mindfulliving.guide. And uh, thank you very much. This has been the Mindful Living Guide. Take care and thank you again for tuning in. Thank you what you do for what you do, Stephen. So there you have episode six of the Mindful Living Guide. How did we get to six episodes already? Well, I just started. I took action and we got there. So listen, I hope if you enjoyed this episode, um, keep subscribing and keep sharing with your friends. Um, we actually, myself and Harriet, had another conversation just last Monday on uh, Facebook. So if you check out her page, Harriet McGuigan Mindset on Facebook, you can see another conversation between the two of us where we chat again about mindfulness, about compassion and just about accepting the uncertainty of life thank you again as always for listening and please subscribe uh, on the various channels whether it's apple podcast or spotify uh, so you can see more episodes in the future and if you know of anyone that this may resonate with and you may want to share with please share the episode and we can get out to as as many people as possible so until next week keep looking out for those moments that make you smile and you're grateful for i'm stephen downey and this has been the mindful living guide